This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 257. Four Things You Need to Know to Have a Strong, Healthy Relationship, part two, by Carrie L. Burns with tinybuddha.com. Happy Tuesday, friend. I'm Joss Marie, and welcome back for the second part of Carrie's post. Speaking of, if you're new here, you'll probably want to listen to yesterday's episode first to hear part one. That's episode 256. But if you're here for the second part, then let's dive right in and continue optimizing your life. Four Things You Need to Know to Have a Strong, Healthy Relationship, Part 2, by Carrie L. Burns with tinybuddha.com. Number 3. Your Attachment Style There are three types of attachment. Attachment styles are thought to form from childhood based on parent-child interactions. And as we grow older, they can seriously impact our relationships. There are studies that explain how the difference in attachment comes about, including those performed by American psychologist Harry Harlow. One of his studies took baby monkeys away from the mothers soon after birth and placed them with wire or cloth mothers who gave them nourishment. They were able to feed from a bottle hanging on the side of the cage, but no physical touch and therefore no nurturing. Some were given nourishment from the wire mother, and others were fed from the cloth mother. The study revealed that even if the wire mother was the only source of nourishment, they would cling more often to the cloth mother, which led to the theory that the need for closeness and affection is more than just nourishment or warmth. When these baby monkeys became adults, they exhibited strange behavioral patterns, including rocking back and forth. They also had completely abnormal sexual behaviors and misdirected aggression. They often would ignore their own babies until the point where the babies died. If you take these theories and apply them to humans, the secure individual would be the monkey that was raised by its normal mother and was given food, cuddling, and warmth. Their needs were met in all ways and they developed into normal functioning monkeys. However, those monkeys that were taken away from the mothers and given only basic nourishment exhibited odd behaviors and were maladapted. By this theory, those of us who had parents who were present physically but not emotionally develop one of two attachment styles. Of course, these styles can run on a continuum, so you can be more of one type than the other. The good news is these behavior patterns can be changed with time and effort and insight. Number 1. Secure Secure individuals attached normally. They do not fear isolation or being away from their partner. They are not jealous or insecure. They are able to reason with their partner when differences arise and feel secure in their relationships. Over half of the population is considered secure in their attachment style, 55 to 65%, and they will be less likely to be on the dating scene because they do not have emotional and internal conflict when dealing with others. Number two, anxious. Anxious individuals are insecure and distrustful of others. They live in a preoccupied state of push and pull and constantly seek validation from others. They are super sensitive to rejection and can become possessive or clingy, causing their partner to push them away, thereby reinforcing their distrust. Anxious individuals usually had parents who were inconsistent in their attention, behaviors, and affection, which is why they are anxious when a partner retreats, as it leads them to feelings of abandonment and fear. And number three, avoidant. Avoidant individuals do not seek closeness with others. They are emotionally distant with partners and often create a false persona to deal with the world. They are able to shut down their emotions quickly and will be quite ambivalent if you decide to leave them. Avoidant individuals usually had parents who were non-responsive, dismissive, and rejecting. 
They make up approximately 20 to 30% of the population. Unfortunately for the anxious type, as I am, they are often drawn to the avoidant. In general, there will be more avoidance in the dating sphere because of their inability to attach, which means they cycle through relationships quickly and are back on the dating scene more than other types. I once dated an extremely avoidant man. It was exhausting even dating him. But of course, I loved him, and so I bent over backward to make it work. I constantly sought assurance. He constantly refused to give it. What this relationship taught me was how to calm my anxiousness internally. Since I knew he would never do it, I had to find a way to stop the crazy thoughts in my head, and eventually I did. There are also ways to learn to cope in a healthier manner if you are dating someone who is anxious or avoidant. A great resource is Attached by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. Number 4. Your Personality Type Psychologists Myers and Briggs assert that there are 16 personality types, which encompass all of humankind. However, some types are more prevalent than others. Knowing which personality type you have helps you to understand yourself and your partner. There are too many types to list here, but I can guarantee if you take the test and read the results, they will be spot on. Some personality types are a better fit than others, so why not add another tool to your arsenal? For example, studies have shown that extroverted women paired with introverted men are not a good match, and that partners who both share sensing or intuiting will be a better match. I'm an INFJ, which is the rarest of all personality types. Because of my intuition, I generally need another N intuition type, and I would not do well with an S sensing type. Generally, I prefer extroverted partners because I like a little balance to my introverted tendencies. There is a free version at 16personalities.com. I believe that these four things are essential to having a happier, healthier relationship, and knowing them will help you understand yourself and your partner. If you don't have a partner, knowing these tidbits of information will help you choose the right partner, not just any partner. The more you know about yourself and what your needs are, the better equipped you are to seek out a good match. Just remember that even if you don't find your perfect match the first time, it could be because that person is in your life to teach you something, and let that be okay. You just listened to part two of the post titled, Four Things You Need to Know to Have a Strong, Healthy Relationship, by Carrie L. Burns with tinybuddha.com. I'd just like to say again how nice it is to have so many new authors and sites here on the show. And Justin actually narrates content from Tiny Buddha over on Optimal Living Daily too, if you'd like to hear more from them. To find that show, simply search for Optimal Living Daily from wherever you're listening to this one. But that's all I've got for you today. So have a fantastic one and I'll see you again tomorrow with a post from Lisa Merlo Booth, where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this podcast, but also Optimal Living Daily, the show where I read to you from even more blogs covering finance, productivity, minimalism, personal development, and more from incredible bloggers like Derek Sivers, Zen Habits, Mark and Angel, The Minimalists, and all the ones you hear on this show too. So if you enjoyed today's episode and like taking amazing blogs on the go, come on over to Optimal Living Daily and subscribe to that one too. And together, we'll start optimizing your life. 
You've been listening to Optimal Living Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.